3: Put
0: I'm the Great Iron Blitz, right here on Block Talk Radio and UltimateSportsTalk.com, alongside the uh, talented and always in, uh, insightful Troy Wilson, along with uh, Kishi Free. Here in a couple minutes, uh, welcome to the Blitz. Great news to announce uh, this week: we have uh, made some commitments, and hopefully we can raise some money. But I uh, just want to announce: if you're following us on Twitter and following us, obviously on Facebook, uh, we have committed to helping out some of our no joke football supporters that are obviously going to be on the outback Grist, uh, gridiron australia squad um so those those ladies have helped us out with the project um and we just thought it'd be nice to uh return the favor and most of our sales uh since we started and with the project uh majority of our sales have come from down under so it was it was kind of uh, just a you know A fitting thing to do just to take care of that they took care of us so we're planning to take care of them so every every shirt of the chalk line uh, chalk basic shirt tank or shirt or uh, anything to do with the chalk line line of shirts you can customize at Zazzle uh, it will be a three dollar donation for every shirt purchased from anybody uh, out there that wants to help out the uh, Outback uh, women's squad it's a big hurdle uh, looking at about, uh, I think, an average of about $100,000 to raise in combination. So, I don't know if we'll get to that stage, but any mo- anything is, mo- is better than nothing. So, uh, Troy, uh, welcome aboard today. Um, and that's our big news today, Troy. That's kind of a, a big deal for us because uh, as we grow the project and we get into, you know, uh, increasing revenue, um, just to let everybody know, we do not make any money on Zazzle. All the money that we do make on Zazzle in terms of revenue goes to spotlight another player internationally. So just like we spotlighted um, the players on the Outback team, the ones that are supporting us, promoting us, and making us, uh, helping us out, bringing awareness to the sport. uh, Every dollar that comes out of Zazzle goes towards another player that we can spotlight, an MVP caliber player, an amazing outstanding player from a certain team or certain league. Um, So that's been our goal from day one. So we don't make any profit off of that. So just so everybody know, so the profit, basically any revenue within the 90 days that we do at Zazzle goes back to promote. And we have a long wish list that we're still working on um, with various leagues. And we hope at at one point we will catch up to the list, but it keeps growing. So as it keeps growing, uh, the more people buy, obviously, the more things get distributed out. So um, Troy, what do you think of that news? It's awesome, huh?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just bringing awareness to the league and, and to the sport, rather, and, you know, you know, all the ladies that are involved with this one, you know, say personal thank you also. I mean, guys just do an excellent job. And just, um, you know, it's, it's
5: bringing awareness
4: to the sport is what it's really all about. So, I mean, you, and, and again, Oscar, I, you know, I said this a few weeks back, I said, again, you know, the tremendous work that you, that you continue to do with it. It Just goes without saying, that. so yeah I, mean, I I know everyone that's that's involved definitely thanks you for it, so I mean I think you know we're starting to see a lot of the progress pick up, and so the more it picks up, the more exciting everybody's getting, so I'm definitely excited about it, yeah, it's exciting. um huh? are you on the road tour or are you at home? Oh, I'm here, I'm at home,
0: okay, just it uh it's like uh stutter or, or cutting off, so I don't know if the phone's on a speaker or not, but um. But yeah but it's you know what? we do this because we love the game, and uh, I ended up committing uh when I started this this show uh bJ Coletta is the one that actually got me started here with an interview and and it went from there, but we have committed a tremendous amount of hours. uh we have committed a tremendous amount of efforts, and I don't mean just myself. Uh, there's a lot of people behind the scenes that don't get the credit there's a lot of players behind the scenes that have gone above and beyond to launch this project and to get this project aware. And, you know, there's a lot more players that are uh, willing to do more at this point. So, you know, the fact is that we're limited with certain resources right now, but hopefully down the road here, based on, you know, revenue and everything that comes full circle, uh, we'll be able to do that. And on the same line as that, it was great to see um, Seattle Seattle Majestics against the Everett Rain on YouTube. It was it was a great broadcast. Uh, I mean, you 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 have to you know give credit to uh, Billy Russo out there and Scott McCarran, uh, the both owners of those teams. Uh, they put it out there. Uh, a great broadcast. If you don't know where it's at, it's on our link on our timeline. If you if you follow at Seattle Majestic on Twitter, or go to the Seattle Majestics um, on Facebook. Um, you can also link it there, but I encourage you guys to watch it. Opening game is very well done. Uh, good broadcasting. Uh, it's quality, quality broadcast. I mean, it's probably one of the best broadcasts we've seen so far. So, uh, at this point, you know, things are doing well. They're going to do another broadcast this coming weekend and we're actually participating in an ad for that broadcast as well. So, um, you know, just congratulations to, to both teams for putting on a great, uh, Great match at the same time, a great broadcast. So it, it, this is just kind of like moving forward,
4: right, Troy? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's, you know, again, everyone is everyone getting involved, and everyone that's involved with it just love to see the progress that it's making there. Now we we will not sway
0: from all this, but we were We are going to get into the huddle eventually here in a couple minutes, and we are going to have Neil Rosenthal who's going to give us insights on the opening weekend of the WFA and one game in the IWFL, and plus give us some little insights on the preview of week two in the WFA and obviously coming up week one, a full slate of week one games in the IWFL. Um, So for those of you that don't know what the letters mean, the the Women's Football Alliance and the Independent Women's Football League of the U.S. leagues. Um, And then we're going to go into another huddle, and today's all about huddles basically. So we're going to go into another huddle. We're going to talk to the talented and uh, uh, the talented and amazing kicker uh, Kristen Moore who's also one of our no joke football supporters. And then at the end of the night, we are going to recap with Holly Custis in terms of that broadcast that we talked about uh, earlier here in a couple of minutes ago uh, with the Seattle Majestics against the Everett Rain. So we'll go into detail with her and then kind of give a give us an insight. She's uh, she's basically on the sidelines, she's rehabbing an uh, in injury, so we're going to find out whether she's how is she contributing to the success of the team. Obviously, uh, on the bench, that'll be interesting. So Troy, we had asked earlier this week. Big issue with NFL concussions. You know, a lot of paper press. Uh, the NFL even, you know, uh, counter punches on uh, in the New York Times. Um, so you know, it's, it's, this is just getting. I wouldn't say out of hand, but it's getting to the point where it's rubbing the NFL the wrong way, and they're obviously now going into legal status. So it's it's kind of crazy that we're getting to that stage. Uh, I wouldn't say the cover-up thing, but, you know, just to just to clarify real numbers instead of what things are being reported.
4: Yeah. Um, I guess the, the interesting part about it is, is that, you know, the NFL has put a lot of money and two, doing a study for, you know, the concussions and the effects of concussions, uh, you know, also known as CT, but um, but until this year, until this actual off-season, they, they hadn't admitted that, you know, concussions were actually related to CT. So, which was, you know, I, don't, I honestly didn't even realize it, but I guess, you know, it, it, it's that, you know, kind of old thing when you're, having an argument with someone, you know, especially like, you know, your your wife or your husband, it's almost like that admittance, you know, leads credence to, you know, what you were saying in the first place. And I guess that admittance is what people were looking for, and I guess that's what they got from the NFL. But, you know, with the litigious society that, that we're in where, you know, um, everything starts to become uh, law-based. You know, the the NFL in itself being a billion-dollar entity has to protect itself. So you you would understand why they would try to keep some things under wraps and, you know, and not be so forthcoming. But the fact of the matter is, is that, the you know, the numbers kind of speak for itself. I mean, they've actually started to keep numbers on concussions, and the concussions actually were starting to go down. You know, looking at the numbers in 2012, NFL concussions, you know, it was about 171. In 2013, the number went down to 152. In 2014, the numbers went down to 123. And then last year, you just seen an uptick. It was a huge spike in, in concussions where you ended up with 199. Now, the interesting part is that most of the, the, the rule books are trying to protect the offensive player where, you know, the wide receiver going across the middle, you know, they're not getting as many, uh, you know, they're not getting knocked out as much. Um, if you look at those numbers, 2012 wide receivers were, you know, was 29 concussions as opposed to 2015, the number went down to 24. But the interesting part is that cornerbacks, you know, the guys covering the wide receivers are starting to become getting more, more concussions. So what do we do about that? You know, the the tackling, you know, the, the, there's been a big emphasis on that. But now you're starting to see the, the leading concussors, if you will, uh, on the defensive side, 41, 41 concussions last year in 2015 by cornerbacks, 24 by linebackers, 17 by safeties. Even though with the tackling rules and trying to protect the wide receiver, you're start, still starting to see this uptick in concussions. So the NFL has a pretty big problem on their hands as far as, like, how to curb these numbers. Yeah, and the the the, the attitude has always been with us as fans, and we've
0: talked about it in the past, proper tackling has they've gone away from that that's why you got more injuries now but with the same token if you have improper tackling when you tackle from waist down if you're not tackling a a little bit of waist up the the helmet angle of your neck can completely you know create a concussion instantly on impact so i think it's really fundamentals and i know they're stressing heads up football and everything but like to your point they're they're focusing on the offensive side of the ball when, in reality, most concussions are going to happen at impact, which is on the defensive side of things for the most part.
4: Yeah, and, and I guess the, the part that kind of baffles me is, you know, all the money that goes into this game. You know, you would think that, you know, and, and I know they have. You know, I've seen kind of, you know, some studies on it, and I've seen some actual mock-ups on these helmets now. Where you know it, it kind of um, uh, lessens the occurrence of, of concussions. But yeah, kind of a cushion really helmet. To, yeah, and I actually seen uh, Mark Kelso of the Bills back in the day. He used to wear. it. Uh, he had a big, you know, uh, it looks like a. It looked like it was a big, a, a big cushion around, and I think it was another player also uh, from uh, San Francisco. I believe it was um, Steve Wallace used to wear it. But you don't see those guys. You don't see that that type of helmet anymore. And you wonder, you know, come on. I mean, as much as as much innovation is going on out here, I mean, we, we have cell phones beaming all over the place. You would think they'd be able to make a little bit of a safer helmet. But you kind of understand, like, you know, it, it's not as easy as it sounds. So I'm just looking for the next wave of, of the safety equipment that, you know, the NFL or football in itself is actually trying to use because what I'm afraid of Is that with all the emphasis that's going into concussions, you're going to end up starting to scare kids away from the game. Now, let's be honest here. uh, There are there was always this risk of injury, but now what you're going to have is an emphasis on it, and almost you know it's almost like if you're playing scared, you're actually going to get hurt. At least that's the way I learned it. So we used to just play with reckless abandon. But you know, I don't what I don't want to see is too much emphasis, you know, on getting hurt. You're going to get hurt you're going to get hurt you know it's just that's just part of the game it's 100% of the people now, who play the game get
0: hurt you now you Troy we we've talked in the past and I don't want to go into politics but technically that's where we're at now we're in, we're in a washington mode with this league and the press because the numbers you know we can say they're lying about the numbers uh because they're not being accurate or whatever the league is basically saying we're taking responsibility for that data so there's you know there's no medium there, like you said it, it, if you play soft, you're going to get hurt. If you play aggressively, you're going to get hurt It's a, it's a sport you're going to get hurt one way or the other. I mean there's minimal minimal action to get hurt, but there is the greater opportunity for you to get hurt and so I think the perception now from uh, fans and c- certain fans is the fact that you know the we want a safer game really doesn't apply to the sport. I mean, you can have safer techniques, safer methods of teaching, but on-field live action, that you cannot control. You can control everything else, but you cannot control that aspect of it. And I think that's where everybody's missing the point. Yes, is this something that we need to address? Of course. Is this something that needs to be focused on, especially, like you said, at the youth level and going forward? But ultimately, uh, this is a gladiator sport. And when you when you put it on there, I mean, this is probably not as bad as rugby. But when you put rugby in the mix with it, I think technically in a lot of ways, rugby way more brutal in, you know, in a physicality state than the NFL. But in the NFL aspect of it, with all the helmet and, and the protection, uh, more of a dangerous status because that is, you know, you're focusing more on somebody getting, like you said, completely knocked out or paralyzed uh, based on contact. So, um I don't know what the answer is at this point. That's that's the whole thing I'm trying to say. I don't know what the answer is, but the reality is, you know, they're doing their part from what they claim to. Whether the numbers and data is is, is you know misconstrued, then maybe they need to put an independent party to gather that data and, and information instead of having the leak provided, just so that everybody you know gets off their backs in a way. Um, I mean, that's just my two cents. What do you think of that?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree. And, you know, to your point about the rugby por- portion of it, well, the rugby, rugby if, if our listeners aren't familiar with some of the, that, that sport, is that rugby doesn't use a helmet. Well, in some instances, I think the use of the helmet actually lends to the concussion because Correct. Um, it's almost like in boxing, right? If, you're, if right. you're a boxer and you've got this padded glove, you got this huge pad on this glove, you're going to throw punches a lot more punches to the head as if you then you would if you had if you were bare knuckle box, you know because you're you're not so much worried about hurting your hand. So that the reason why they pad the gloves is so you can hit someone in the head more. Well, the more you hit someone right. in the head, the more chances there are for concussions. So on one hand, you know it's, you, you're you're protecting the hand, but then you're also you know exposing the head for more injuries. So I mean, it, it's it's give and take, it's push and pull. Uh, this stuff is going to be on, going on forever But I think what I'm afraid of Again, is like you, you've seen and a regression In a lot of other sports You've seen a regression in basketball Over the years as far as like um, You know, the skill set of the players It's not as if, You know, it's not the same way it was in the 80s And the 90s I think most of us can agree with that one um, you actually seen an increase in In the skill set In baseball recently with some rule changes. But I think I'm afraid that the NFL may be going through a lull where they're going to stop having as much talent as they as they used to. It's just kind of the ebbs and flows and uh, of these leagues. And, and the NFL has been on top for a while. But I think what you're going to start to see is a lot of these athletes are not going to choose to play football. A lot of these athletes are going to end up choosing baseball or they're going to choose basketball. And that's the thing that I worry about because – it's a great sport to play, but, you know, a lot of people are like, hey, you know, what you want to be lo- a lot more safer and also a lot more lucrative for me in the future.
0: Uh, so it's kind of a business, a business approach. You're going to have to take it because you're, you're self-branded. So, do you, you know, you take the crash course in the derby, in a crash car derby setting, or, you know, you take the Indy uh, 500, you know, around the oval. <laughs> so you, you kind of have to figure right. that out, you know, which which is more lucrative and productive. Um I think we have Neil on. So let's go, let's go into the no joke football huddle. Uh we should have Neil on here in a, in a couple minutes here um, to put him on. But Neil's going to go over some of the uh WFA and IWFL, um kind of give us give us a rundown in terms of where we're at with that. So let's uh, bring in uh Neil Rosenthal, um from neilrosenthal.com and we're going to talk uh pretty much WFA IWFL. So Neil, are you on?
2: Yeah, you bet. How you doing, Oscar?
0: I'm doing great, Neil. Uh, you're on with Troy, and Kishi will be joining us soon here in a couple minutes. Uh, so she's got some other stuff that came up. So, Neil, um, before we start, let's go on the same page. I know you've been listening. Um, what do you think of this concussion deal thing with all the you know, the back-and-forth legality now and, you know, the press and everything?
2: Oh, well, you know, I mean, it's 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 a big issue right now, and it's, it's certainly – I mean, it's not going away, I think um, – you know it's 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 a tough balance to to walk as far as um you know increasing the protection of the players and yet not fundamentally changing what football is i mean i think uh, uh just because you would I, I think some of the ways to uh really um cut down on on the number of injuries is to make fundamental rule changes that almost would make football a completely less recognizable sport. And so, you know, I think there's, there's that balance of, you know, how much do you change the sports uh, before you turn it into something that fans are are really no longer interested in watching. And, and, you know, it's, 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 it's a tough line to draw. and, And in particular, you know, my my philosophy has always been, well, if they're professionals and they understand what they're getting into and, and that kind of thing, then, you know, you, you, you certainly can understand that. But then when you start talking about the college level or the, more specifically the high school and the youth level, uh, if things start, you know, showing up there, that's a, a lot more problematic because obviously they're not paid professionals. They're not, you know, they're not uh, uh, getting involved with it for for, for those reasons. And so, you know, trying to express the risks to, to them is, uh, uh, is always a, uh, a more pressing concern, but it's, it's, you know, it, I think it's good, um, that there's, that, that it's, it's part of the discussion now, um, that, that, you know, the kind of research is being done that needs to be done. And, uh, uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, um, there's never going to be a perfect answer because, again, like you say, football's a physical sport. But hopefully, we come to some kind of uh, agreement that that everybody can uh, can appreciate, taking into account the safety of the athletes while keeping football uh, the sport that, that people know and love.
0: Yeah, and I think the reality is we're we're, we're talking. Uh, we've talked to Troy here before, but I think the reality is we're getting into too much politics about it. And re- reality is nobody's really focusing on the fact that it is a vicious sport. Uh, you can do fundamentals all you want, but on live game day, on a game day aspect, and I'm pretty sure every player in the, in the WFA and IWFL will tell you that they probably experience a concussion or two within their playing time. But reality is you're not going to curve it uh, on game day. That's what my point is. You are going to be able to take steps to you know do fundamentals, uh, teach the proper techniques, and all that and so hopefully at you know in the end all that will equate to obviously the the data being lessened and for more safety reasons uh, at the youth level i think it's more prominent for for them to teach the proper methods than it is at the pro level because uh, based on habit i think that sometimes at the professional level uh you know their head gets swelled up sometimes and they think that you know that's their that's their makeup that they're a vicious player they got to continue to be a vicious player or whatever but uh, reality is that, they, they, you know, I don't think yeah. it's going to happen to that level, but some, some people will take it over the top based, based on their, you know, inclinations. Um, so on that point, let's go into week one. IWFL wasn't such a real good game. I mean, it was, you know, energy as always a top squad taking on San Antonio. And so uh, I don't know. I We didn't even, you know, cover it at some point because, the real the real game and uh, real slate of games in week two in you know week two of the IWFL or this week so this is the real the real kickoff season so what do you think of the IWFL opening up with one game the week before you know a slate of games which I thought was kind of odd
2: yeah it's definitely uh, strange and, and I think maybe there was just a a scheduling issue or or something going on uh, there with that. Uh, You know, Houston won convincingly. They were expected to win convincingly, and they did. Um, You know, uh, San Antonio, I'm not even sure if they're – uh, they may be now, uh, I'm not even sure if they're a, a non-affiliate team, I guess you would say. Uh, they certainly have been an affiliate team the past couple of years, which means, you know, they're not even in you know, really in the running for uh, for any sort of playoff berth or anything. So Houston did uh, what they had to do. Um, this week is the first real opening week of the IWFL, and uh, uh, certainly some interesting games coming up this week that are that are a lot more compelling Um, in Houston, you have uh, the Houston Energy against the Woodland Wildcats, which I think is going to be a very interesting game. Uh, The Woodlands Wildcats, um, maybe the Houston Wildcats. I'm not sure if they've uh, officially gone through with changing their name, but uh, uh, the Wildcats are a new team in Houston. uh, And of course the Houston Energy are, uh, you know, a team with a ton of tradition, a ton of history. um, But... uh, uh, that's that's certainly uh, an, an inner-city rivalry that uh, I think could be really interesting to watch as, as they meet up for the first time. Uh, one thing about the Woodlands Wildcats is uh, um, uh, one of their uh, uh, top folks in their front office and on the field is Laura Cantu, who is uh, uh, a yeah, former outstanding quarterback for the Houston Energy. So that's going to be really interesting uh, to see. Um, uh, yeah, that's going to be a really good game. Uh, I think um, another one to watch is uh, the Sacramento Sirens playing the Carson Bobcats. Carson Bobcats are another uh, first-year expansion team in the IWFL who I think can really hit the ground running, uh, much like the Wildcats. Um, I think the, the Carson Bobcats, uh, their head coach, uh, uh, Bobby Hosea, um, he coached last year, uh he was the head coach of the uh, Pac Warriors, the Pacific Warriors, who um really came out of nowhere after a year hiatus and really a history where they weren't um uh, all that uh uh powerful Relevant, I know. and uh and, and they had a phenomenal year, had a great year last year, almost made the playoffs, came within, you know, just a sliver of, of making the WFA playoffs last year. Well josea left to I believe he's the uh owner of the Carson the new Carson Bobcats and they kinda took over sort of the territory of the California Quake, uh, which was a, a phenom- you know, fifteen year franchise that folded this past offseason. So I think uh with 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 some of those players and maybe with some of the Pac Warriors connections he had, I think he, you know, that's gonna be an interesting team to watch. And Sacramento Sirens, of course, they're a good litmus test because Sacramento Sirens have, you know, a 15-year tradition. They're one of the storied teams in the IWFL and they um you know, that's going to be uh, I think they're both going to be battling it out to see who's the top contender uh out west uh in terms of uh, the top challenger, I should say, for the uh for the Utah Falcons. Uh Utah yeah, now speaking of Utah, there, but, Neil, yeah, that's going to be a good game.
0: Speaking of Utah, Neil, it's I don't know if I mean, I know it's regional and I know the schedule is based on obviously what they what what they afforded to play, but I, I don't know hmm. if they're going to run the table once again because based on what they have here unless unless Phoenix can step up to the plate in week 2, uh they get, you know, pretty much Nevada, which isn't I I mean, I'm not say they're not good, but it just looks like Utah, based on their caliber of play, and they're amazing, uh, the, the real challenge for them will be week five when Sacramento uh, uh, when Sacra- uh, at Sacramento I think that will be the real challenge, if anything, for them. As right. a, uh, so I'm looking forward to actually week five more so than anything. Uh, not to say that anybody can upset anybody, but reality is I, you know, they are very
3: important. <laughs> they played very test. well. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think that's their biggest test, but, it, but again i think it's all relative in the sense that uh, utah played sacramento in the playoffs last year and won what for what it was, 16 to nothing or something so um, right unless exactly. sacramento has greatly improved i mean utah i i just think they're the class in that division and i'll be very surprised if they don't i mean if they don't run the table or even if they are substantially challenged before the playoffs hit i just think they're just they're just sort of on another level compared to the other teams in their division um, now, when the playoffs hit, maybe they get a little bit more challenged. But, look, they're the prohibitive favorites in the IWFL, and uh, it takes a lot for any team to sort of rise up to their level and get a game. Now, the one game, the one game on the
0: staple that is really good for Week 2, not to take away from, obviously, Energy and Wildcats, but we are looking at Blitz and Sharks, which is basically two historic mm-hmm. franchises, uh, one in Montreal, which has won a lot of titles, it's the only Canadian representative in the U.S. leagues. So um, and Sarah, Sarah out there, um, you know, um, I mean, Saudi uh, out there in uh, Montreal, she's always put a good program together. So that's going to be a key matchup right there. New York, Montreal, um, that's probably the big matchup of the week. If we had to cover a game, I think it would be that game that we have to cover.
2: Right. Certainly in the East, it's uh, it's it's the big game there, and and. Uh, that's been one of the uh uh the real benefits uh of the New York Sharks joining the IWFL a couple of years back is they've they've really built up kind of a nice rivalry with the Montreal Blitz, um, going back and forth uh in terms of uh they've they've shared a division and division titles have usually come down to Montreal and New York it's been kind of fun to, uh, to see those games. They're often very competitive games. I think there was a 14-13 game not, t- not too long ago. A lot of times they come down to, to about a touchdown or less. So um, they're, they're certainly fun games to watch. And, and, and yeah, I think whoever wins uh, that particular game uh, is going to get uh, the inside track, uh, at least on uh, the East Coast in that division, uh, the Eastern Division, um, to see uh, who might be able to finish on top out there
0: uh Neil, your thoughts on the I, – I thought it was a great broadcast. Uh, Seattle Ever, uh, and Everett uh, did the broadcast uh, this past week, week mm-hmm. one, which kind of surprised everybody, I think, when it was announced to go because I, it, it surprised me because uh, nobody gave me any notice on it as well. And so right. I, I thought it was really, really well done. It was basically college-like uh, you know, broadcast, kind of something you would see on C, uh, CBS Sports or – something like that so they did a great job the announcers did a great job the coverage was really good uh pretty i mean it was competitive to a certain extent it wasn't like a total blowout like you know 76 to 0 it was still within a competitive status of you know 28 to 0 or something like that so what's your thoughts there it's coming this next week they're doing it again i think it's that that would be that would be well to do and something that the wfa needs to look at because uh based on coverage especially right now you got youtube and other options of streaming, you could really make a game of the week if you really invested some time. I mean, I don't think it'll be this year, but if looking towards next year, uh, I think Scott's got the bright idea. I think uh, Billy Russo out there in Everett's got the bright idea. Um, they're making strides, obviously, to you know to enhance their branding, which I think that's you know how you need to go in this route. So, what was your thought? Did you watch the game at all?
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, I did and and I I think it's encouraging. I actually had a uh, an article that I wrote on my website recently where um uh I, I mentioned uh, Roku, which is one of the uh things that's that's uh, in the plans to be utilized by one of the smaller leagues, the WPFL, um to uh to try to broadcast some of their games on Roku, which is essentially a streaming device uh that that a lot of people use uh uh for television. And I think you know, it's 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 one of those things that people have always talked about. in Terms of five, ten, fifteen years from now, do we even have traditional networks, uh, television networks as we understand and recognize right, exactly. them uh, today, or or does it all sort of go to streaming? And so, you know, I think it's it's certainly a more democratic way of 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 having television where if you can get the viewers, uh, you can have a, a, a good channel there. I've believed since I first started following the sport back in 2013 that uh, the WFA has always sort of been in the position to, you know, if they could do a game of the week, if they could say, okay, this week we're doing Chicago-Pittsburgh, and then next week it's Boston-DC, and then next week it's Tampa-Atlanta, you know, and just, you know, even moving it around the country but featuring some of the top teams, you know, and then we do Kansas City and Dallas. But those types of games would really um, – I mean, I've always felt that the talent level amongst the highest uh, – uh, uh, the most talented teams um, has has always sort of been at a point uh, the past several years to where it'd be interesting to watch on, on television. Now the, what you have to do is you have to get the logistics right. And I think uh, Boston always had that. And, and now, you know, now it looks like, you know, sort of Seattle has that, but it's always sort of been team-based. And that's always difficult because, again, you look at a team like Seattle, fantastic team, realistically, unless they're going to play outside of the Pacific Northwest, 35 to nothing might be as good as it gets in terms of, of competitiveness. So it's, it's, it's more difficult if you're sort of just – and that was the problem that Boston had. Boston uh, – the whole Boston militia, they used to stream all their games. Um, but the problem was most of their games weren't all that interesting to watch. If, if you were just a, a, an unattached sports fan – because the militia were almost always just killing teams by 40, 50, 60 points. And so, you know, uh, how, do you, how do you make that work on a national scale? And, you know, that's, that's sort of always been the question. But it's, it, you know, if, if you have the template, you know, if, if Seattle can help create that template, help create something that can be replicated um, for other teams across the country or, like you say, uh, with the WFA, even have a traveling game of the week, the crisscross of the country um uh, that has that kind of production values, I think I think that can only be that could be a huge, huge thing for women's football. I think that could honestly be one of the biggest things that could happen in, in women's football is to showcase the sport that way.
0: I lose you? the game of the week I think is a great idea uh, for the WFA um, because if they do it like the legends um, football league does, which is a tape delay concept, you're able to edit that previous week's game and really present it in a good quality broadcast. So um, I don't know if that's something that they should look into, but I know Scott and Billy are onto something here that, you know, obviously showcases, like you said, their, their teams in the Northwest. Um, you know, even if it's not a rotating team, uh, maybe focus one of the major markets for a season, where you take that. And I know Pittsburgh does a good job with their, with their online, uh, you know, streaming as well. And you talked about Boston. Um, so Neil, what's what's the key uh, for week one? Where 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 did you think some of the big matchups here? Week one, Pittsburgh in a snow game uh, in Toledo, of all places, and uh, that was I, I, I guess that was cool to see. Because it never really, you've never seen that snow game, in that sense. But it was cool to see that. Um, so, what what was some of the key games in the WFA Week One?
3: <laughs>
0: hey, uh, I think we got uh, somehow hey. I got cut off. So I apologize for everybody. Uh, we got cut <laughs> off or something off there. So, anyways, uh, Neil, I was I was saying, um, uh, yeah, the Week One matchup. It was kind of a snowy, uh, snowy day in in Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland, Toledo. So that was kind of rare to see in Toledo. You got snow, and then, but it was actually a good game, from what I, you know, from what I gathered from the players' feedback and everything. So it's kind of unique in a way, I guess. And you're supposed to be in summer, but it's actually still winter. <laughs> right, right.
2: And I think it affected the uh, um, the Cleveland Indy Crash game as well. That that uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I did. There was, there was weather there too. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think the week one results really kind of played out sort of the way that everybody kind of expected them. Um, You know, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh basically, you know, the first – the front half of their schedule is set up that, you know, they're probably in pretty good shape to continue that winning streak going. Um, It's not until later in the year that they actually have matchups with uh, Chicago and Boston, which are going to make it a little more interesting uh, when they get to, when they get to those. But, um, you know, I think they, they kind of did what they had to do. Um, some of the other teams, uh, you know, Dallas and Chicago, uh, won as convincingly as, as they have in previous seasons, uh, sort of picked up, uh, where they left off. Um, the one team that, uh, that maybe didn't, uh, uh, win by quite as large a margin was Boston, um, who played at Philadelphia. And, um, but uh, my understanding of the Boston game is that, uh, is that they did not have Whitney Zeely uh, for that game. Uh, Zeeley, of course, is uh, still coming back from an injury. And uh, yeah,
0: I think uh, Adrian yeah. Adrian played a big role in that game. So, but you know, sure. p- Philadelphia, and, and not to you know, for putting up 25 points, uh, that
2: was pretty decent, uh, pretty decent game. Right. Well, I mean, it was it was certainly uh, uh, a nice start for for Philadelphia. I mean, when you're playing a team like Boston, um, you never know how it's going to go. It could easily be one of those, you know, fifty to nothing games. But I think for for Boston, uh, and I don't have any inside information, but my guess is that they're probably just being cautious with Zeely in terms of bringing her back from from injury. They probably figured we have an, an expansion team uh, in Philly. Uh, maybe no need to necessarily bring her down for that. Well, Boston's a you know, much different team. If they don't have someone like her, you know, in the back. I mean, she would change any team. She's, 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 you know, when healthy, uh, uh, maybe not only the best uh, player in the game, but the best player maybe uh, the sport has seen. So, you know, I think that affects it. And then, of course, the other thing with Boston is they got up early. They were, I think, twenty to nothing after one quarter, and then twenty-seven. Yeah, twenty to enough. nothing. In in the second half, and then or uh, in the second quarter, and there comes a point where it's like, okay, you know, <laughs> Philly kind of gets back into it and makes it. Turns out they make it a game, but then, yeah, Adrian Smith, Allison Cahill. Uh, at the end of the day, they they do what they do, which is uh, win football games, and they uh, uh, they made the plays they needed to to pull it out without too terrible much trouble. But uh, um, uh, most of those games really, honestly, went to uh, uh, pretty well to form. Of course, there are always a few. Uh, uh surprises here and there um but uh the top teams I think uh all handle the business the way that uh we expected them to yeah,
0: I was talking to a lot of uh, a lot of people on social media, and they're like well, uh when they look at the statutes and the scores, a lot of donuts but i I will say to them, you know it's week one, so everybody doesn't come out fighting in week one uh, as they do in like week five or week seven, you know once they get uh some sort of nucleus within each team. Um for week two, uh, we have some key matchups in week two. Obviously, the the best matchup we can have is Dallas-DC coming up. And we're going to be uh, – Troy and, uh, and Keisha are going to be at the D.C.-Dallas game. And we're doing our first Periscope, and hopefully it will pan out for us. But um, I don't know if you're – are you going to be in D.C., Neil at all?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. I'll be on the sidelines for that, that one, you bet. So uh, you have to look
0: me up. All right. So, what is your feeling there? Uh, the indication of week one, like you said, Dallas versus the power doesn't really tell you much. But I will tell you from uh, interviewing Odessa, um, this is this is a game that they it, so it, game want to sure. win badly. So
2: it's they're coming for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, there's. I mean, it's 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 clearly, I think, a game that they would have served. But I think when you look at Dallas' schedule. Well, um, you know, last year aside, you look at you look at their schedule, and this is the one time when they really travel outside of their region for sort of uh, a high-level matchup. And so, you know, I think uh, no matter what happens, Dallas has to be considered uh, pretty strong favorites in the Western Conference. I think they're they're pretty strong. Uh, they're they're prohibitive favorites, I think, to make it back. To the uh, to the WFA championship game, but this is—I mean—they're going to view this as you know not just a revenge game in terms of last year, but also really an opportunity to say, hey, you know, if we get this one, they—you know—then you know there's really no reason in the world why they shouldn't or couldn't go eight and zero and get the top seed in the in the Western Conference, which honestly they might do anyway. (laughs) Um, For the Divas, uh, they're in the. uh, quite a bit more precarious position with the uh, WFA in their infinite wisdom deciding to give their defending champions a bye in week one while everyone else is playing. I think uh, in most of you know, in, in, in the NFL, you know, the defending champs are sure, home in the week one and they get to hand out their rings and do all this kind of stuff. The WFA has 30 some odd teams playing and the divas just sitting on their hands for week one. So it puts them in a position where they have to play essentially eight games now in nine weeks. It's not even really a bye week. It's more just a, hey, you get to start your season a week later, and now you get to play eight games in nine weeks. And uh, and then to top it off, uh, of course, their first game is against Dallas. So, you know, uh, I think, you know, D.C., if they had any plans of having any sort of elaborate championship ceremonies as far as rings or banners or anything like that. I think it'll be fairly muted in the sense of, hey, let's not, you know, rub it into the team that we beat if that you know, in that <laughs> game. It's, it's certainly uh it's uh it's, <laughs> it's, it's 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 not an easy situation for you know for the divas. No, no, Um very awkward. You know very awkward. <laughs> it's 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 just very odd. You know, it's it's one of those things the WFA has um uh, uh, Dallas has not, you know, Dallas, uh, uh, you know, played Houston in week one. Um, and normally the WFA, you know, puts up the film for every team, you know, so that there's a film exchange. Well, the WFA has basically allowed Dallas to withhold game film from week one, saying that, well, the Divas don't have any game film to give Dallas. So Dallas, therefore, doesn't have to exchange game film with the Divas. So wow. it's one of those. Yeah, it's and I, I think uh, it's it, that certainly hasn't been well-received. And then, you know, uh, I can tell you after the after the championship game last year, Dallas is an outstanding team. They're a physical team. They're a fast team. I can tell you that once you get done playing Dallas, you know, or any time you have one of those high-level matchups, it sometimes takes you a week or two to really round yourself back into shape because they're just such physical, brutal games when you have two – high-level opponents going after each other. Well, you know, the Divas, after this Dallas game, one week later they have to go up to Boston to play the Renegades. <laughs> the Boston Renegades are sitting at home just sort of waiting for the Divas after, after this Dallas game. It's, it's, it's one of those situations where, I say this, the Divas could be one of the five best teams in women's football this year potentially and still start 0-2. When uh, your first three weeks are a bye week, Dallas oh, yeah, yeah. And at Boston, it's just it's it's yeah, yeah. it's really tough. But you know, for the Divas, for, from the team standpoint, you'll never hear them complain about that. They they're like, you know, they'll take on whoever that they have to take on. It's a it's a major major challenge because I really believe, like you say, Dallas is they want revenge. They have this game circled. They know this is really the game i think that's going to determine whether or not they go eight zero, or you know have a blemish on on their regular season record so you know and throw in the fact that it's the team that that beat them in the title game it's it's uh it, it should be a fantastic game it really should um and so you know it's 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 a good one i don't know that i would schedule it as the very first game if you're the divas but you know, it's uh, it's certainly going to be uh, one of the top games to watch in the sport this week.
0: Well, it's a historic first for a rematch from a previous champion to, you know, to put that on there. So I guess in that aspect, for a fan, uh, you want the clash for the clash again. You know, what I mean, because like you yeah. said earlier, it has, uh, yeah. you know, it was it was a big game at the national championship. So this is kind of like round two, real early. Um, well, right. I, so I mean, the it's last just so time it is that
2: happens. The Last time that happened was uh, actually in 2007 which interestingly mm-hmm. enough it uh, it was with the Dallas Diamonds the Dallas Diamonds beat right. the Houston Energy uh in the WPFL uh title game in 2007 and then the following year they opened uh the, fo- the next year with the Houston Energy and uh they uh, the Dallas Diamonds were able to beat them again but that was uh it was a pretty close game so it certainly hasn't happened in the WFA and uh you know, the fact that Dallas is willing to go halfway across the country, I mean, certainly says a lot for, for them, for their organization, for, you know, how much they want one of these high-level matchups outside of their own region uh, to really, you know, to in terms of, of how you measure up and in terms of strength of schedule and all that kind of thing. Because I think the other thing that people forget is Dallas was the top seed in the Western Conference last year, but they were – not slated to be the one seed until the very last game of the regular season. The San Diego Surge were actually going to be the top seed in the West if they would have won their final regular season game. But they dropped it, and that let Dallas move into the one seed and and get to host. So I think Dallas, from that experience last year, of blowing all these teams out in the regular season and still being in danger of not getting home field advantage, because of strength of schedule, I think that's one of the things that really motivated them to say, hey, let's play, uh, let's go out of region for a game, play a top-level team, and uh, uh, boost that strength of schedule up so we control our own destiny in that way. And win or lose, I think they still do. I mean, win or lose, the Dallas Elite are, 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 I think, the prohibitive favorites to make it back to the WFA title game in the West. But, you know, this could be uh, a good preview of, of uh, what Dallas might see if they, you know, if they make it to Pittsburgh, as I think many people expect.
0: Yeah, it's going to be great. So uh, you're going to have Troy and Nkeishi out there, and you'll probably get, uh, you'll get to meet them there. And um, we're going to try out our Periscope first broadcast. So, uh, Neil, uh, where can the fans dive into your weekly uh, in-season stuff? And I know it's at neilrosenthal.com. Uh, uh, let them know on Facebook as well. So uh, give the fans a, a kind of a, where they can get that. And obviously, The encyclopedia as well is out also, right?
2: Yes, absolutely. The encyclopedia is out. Um, Got a lot of very, very good feedback from that. Um, uh, uh, That's uh, available at neilrosendahl.com as well. Um, Yeah, my website, neilrosendahl.com. I post the uh, weekly score results, and then I post uh, the weekly schedule um, uh, for the weekend to come. Uh, for all teams across all leagues, sort of here are the games uh, uh, that are that are being played uh, in women's football uh, in the upcoming weekend. Um, I also uh, uh, I post those to the uh, women's gridiron uh, women's gridiron football group um, on Facebook, so uh, you can search for that. You can find it. You can join. You can be a member. You can see, you know, uh, uh, different postings from. Uh, players from all different teams and leagues uh, uh, talking about their uh, 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 their favorite team and how their seasons are going. So uh, it's another way to to, to to keep in touch with that as well.
0: Awesome. So Neil, uh, looking forward to this weekend. Uh, Troy and Inkishi will be there, uh, and we look forward to the Divas versus the Elite. The rest of the slate in the WFA, you guys can go to wfafootball. dot uh, com. dot com see the week one results as well as the week two upcoming matchups. And we'll end up previewing some some of the key games coming up this week on our Facebook page as well. So, Neil, thank you for making the time. I appreciate it. We'll touch base in a couple weeks here in terms of the midseason and get your ideas and uh, perspective in terms of what's going on with the scheduling and which team is still, you know, in the mix. And, uh, yeah, to your point, the, the Divas, big class this week. So uh, we'll see how that turns out and see if the champs, can pull one up, or is the elite uh, on a two and O streak early on? So uh, we'll see that uh, coming up. So Neil, thank you again. Uh, have safe travels, and we'll see you this weekend uh, with Troy and,
2: and Kishi. No, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Anytime, Oscar. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah,
4: I'll be on the
2: I'll be on the Diva sideline. So Troy Kishi, seriously, uh, uh, look me up. I'll be there. You got it, Neil.
4: I'll see you there, buddy.
2: All right, sounds good.
4: Have a great day.
0: All right. So, uh, Neil, Troy, uh, I mean, and Kishi and Troy here, Neil's going to pretty much be right there with you guys. So, it's going to be pretty exciting from what he's telling us now. So, it's going to be great. Um, We are going to have our next huddle coming up here, and we're going to have the talented uh, Kristen Moore coming up here in the No Joke Football Huddle. Um, So, Kristen, are you on?
5: Yeah. Yeah.
0: How are you doing, Kristen, this afternoon? I know you had practice, so uh, thanks for making the time. You're on with Troy and Yankeeshi and myself, Oscar. Oh, thank Hi,
3: you
5: Kristen. For how are you? I'm good. How are you?
6: I'm great. I'm glad I could get through. Sorry for the technical difficulties earlier.
5: Oh, it's okay. Thank you for having me.
0: So, Kristen, uh, tell us a little bit about the off season. Double dual sport girl here, um, soccer, and then um, I know you've been uh sending out some videos of your practicing and you know, going back into football mode. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that, what's going on right now with the off season and in transition.
5: Um, right now I'm just getting back into my uh, heavy lifting and trying to get more leg strength. And I'm kicking basically every day. We put a net in the backyard so I can kick in the backyard and then I go kick and do speed training Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then I go kick at the X on Wednesdays, and then I kick again on Saturday. But it's all going awesome. pretty good
0: so, right now. So right now you're focused uh, pretty much, and I know you had somebody helping you, and uh, I, that video was kind of cute to where he had his, I think, his nose to the football. <laughs> I was, oh was uh, yeah. like,
5: uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know nice if I want to
0: be that guy. <laughs>
5: yeah, my mom even did it. It was so funny. I had my shoes on in that video too, so we I was like super nervous. yeah, I was cringing
0: That's... just for that just for him.
5: but <laughs> <laughs> so how hard is
6: it trying to um train you know going from sport to sport like that and and how much time do you have in between because I know um different sports require the use of uh different muscles. I know i um I had a hard time transitioning going from um, cheerleading in the fall to um, basketball for the winter, you know, because I'm using totally um, different muscles and and even the same thing with uh, soccer in the spring. Um, So how do you make that transition in terms of making sure you're keeping all of your muscles uh, tight and, you know, flexible?
5: Um, I don't I never really had a little break between soccer and football because they actually overlapped. So oh, wow. right when I was yeah, right when I was done kicking I would run out to soccer to soccer tryouts and I'd practice but um I had to stop like doing because it was uh 'cause it was a different kick from kicking a soccer ball to a football. But I would mm-hmm. practice uh I would practice doing soccer drills with the coach later or I would come out and kick later and then I just keep working out and make sure I'm staying in shape
6: okay well I just have to tell you right now you are my hero because you were doing exactly what I wanted to do because (laughs) I I, I played soccer and I wanted to be the kicker in college and they said no so can I just say hoorah to you girlfriend (laughs) thank you So now what
5: position do
6: you play in soccer? What? I was saying, what position do you play in soccer?
5: Oh, I'm a midfield. I'm either attacking or one of the sides. Sometimes I'm defensive mid or I'll be a forward. So you don't ever have to play sweeper? No, I've played a couple times, but I get too excited and I move up. So I leave my And get open. out
6: of position. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
5: I yeah, I remember those days. Yeah,
6: totally. Yeah. Midfielders actually midfielder is good for you because that's what I was too as a midfielder. And if you and but it's perfect actually for being a kicker because of the fact that you have to boot the ball up so far that you're probably it, it probably helps to ensure you get those power kicks.
5: Yeah, and speed too with running.
6: Oh my God! I forgot about that. Yeah, because you got to get the, you got to build that momentum up as you're coming to to the ball.
5: Yeah, I, yeah,
6: I love it. I love it. I'm sorry, Oscar. Go ahead. Oscar had a question. Sorry,
0: no, I jumped in. Okay. No, no, no problem. Um, Kristen, what's it been with the fanfare, all the interviews, and everything you've gone through so far in the last uh, 12 months or so? At uh, you know the team, you guys are you know pretty well for last year. So, what's this whole whirlwind that you know in press and everything else? How, how, did, how did that happen, and how did you tackle all that? Um, I still like.
5: Uh, I think it's pretty cool, and I still think it's a little weird where I'm like, "Why you guys want to talk to me and stuff?" But I, I like it. I keep. Uh, I try and have my guys in the interviews too, and my coaches. I want to thank everybody, but uh, just been kind of busy it was busy when all that was going on but it's really cool at the same time and all the guys thought it was awesome they're like holy crap can we do that too or when they would, when i would have them do an interview with me they'd be like do i say this do i say this it was kind of funny but it's all it's pretty good
0: now on your on your uh things with changes that we're talking about with training and everything else uh the game that you guys were with uh in the championship or going to the championship. Did you guys prepare differently th- during that game at all?
5: Um, no, no, we didn't. We stayed. We kept everything the same.
0: So, so now your kicking technique is that changed any with any new coaching at this point, or is it something that's just consistent with what whoever gets gives gives you that? I know you were getting trained and coached by right NFL caliber coaching.
5: Uh I get trained and coached by Max anddaleles.
0: Can you tell us about a little bit about what Matt does for you in terms of you know technique and how how did he get you to maybe to another level
5: um He's fixed basically everything for me he uh he fixed my technique and where I should hit the ball and he showed me the sweet spot and the sweet spot on my foot and then I need to follow through but he's He's, uh, he's awesome. He's fixed so much for me. And now since, because uh, I did one step during the season, but now we're going back to my regular steps. So that's kind of a hard transition because I'm used to that one huge power step and I have to get uh, get it back into my three power steps.
0: Now, I know, uh, Christian, you're an athlete. And as a high school athlete, uh, I don't know if you got a boyfriend or anything else going on in your life, but what kind of hobbies off the field besides the two sports that you're playing, what kind of things do you do to kind of unwind?
5: Um, I do whenever, if I have time, I go out to the barn and I ride horses if I can because I used to do that before football. Or if I'm not doing that, then I will go hang out with my boyfriend or sometimes we'll go on hikes or I'll just chill at home with the family.
0: And the music, is there anything going in those two years of yours? What kind of music are you into?
5: Oh, oh, my gosh. I'm into almost everything <laughs> except for, like, the scream hard rock because I don't know what they're saying, so I can't really follow along to that.
0: What, what, oh, what are some of your favorite uh, game day uh, inspirational music?
5: Oh, uh, Watch Out by 2 Chains. Uh, <laughs> That's exactly I think what I was uh, going to ask. Yeah, I love that song. <laughs> well, no,
6: because you know what I was thinking about. Where um, have you seen the Taylor Swift um, Apple video, where she's listening? Oh yeah, listening? When she's
5: running on the treadmill.
6: Yeah, the treadmill, and then she falls right. And so I was gonna say, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. do you have what's your? I was gonna say, is your does your playlist vary depending upon your workout?
5: <laughs> um. Yes. If I'm yeah, yeah, totally. If I want to just have like a light workout, I'll probably listen to like country or some pop, but if I'm doing, like, a really hardcore workout or, like, pumping up, I'll listen to, like, rap, and Future, and Drake, and 2 Chains. Yep. Yeah, I was the same way. Yeah, I was the same way.
6: Depending on what I was doing, it would determine the type of music that I needed to um, listen to in order to get me, you know... In there the for the workout yes but and but i found yeah. i'm like you like i found that i needed to have the harder you know rap. like for me it was dmx you know and the whole oh, yeah, rough yeah. riders crew <laughs> you know but i need because <laughs> i needed to like just totally throw it all out there so that's cool so that's so funny you have um but that's important there too because i think like you said if you're doing the lighter workouts then you, you definitely i don't think you want to throw yourself out there as hard
4: yeah I mean, that's hey, funny because, I mean, I, I, I'm looking at it from a perspective of, of every time I'm either working out, lifting weights before a football game, it was always one speed. It was always hardcore. I don't care if it was, you know, hardcore hip-hop or it was even hardcore rock. I just needed something up-tempo that was going to get the blood mm-hmm. flowing. So, I mean, I think we're all, we're all on the same page with that. But I, I just want yeah. to know, uh, how, how, working with uh, one of the Zendayas brothers, which I'm familiar with back in the 80s, I mean, he also, his brother Luis, uh, he kicked a few oh, times yeah, I worked for the with Redskins. Him too. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. just wanted to know, like, what, so you did meet him also. So once um, just wanted to find out what kind of pointers um, they gave you as far as, like, mentality-wise, form-wise, um, and, and from that standpoint.
5: Um, I just have to, like, kicking is obviously a mental game, and I just have to make sure that I'm not thinking about anything. And uh, when I'm kicking, because I tended to lean forward, but I have to stay up straight and just uh, skip through and just let my leg go, which is one of my biggest problems right now.
4: So, let me ask you, um, so, Kristen, what got you interested in football? At what point did you sit back and say, you know what, this is something that I would like to do. I'm very interested in playing the game of football.
5: Well, I used to, my dad has been coaching for 20 years now, and I would always be down there on the sidelines with him, like either yelling at the guys or because I wanted to blow the whistle. And so when uh, we used to live in Vegas, and I saw this one kicker at this game, and I was like, wow, that person has really long hair. And then they kicked it, and then she ran off, and then she took her helmet off, and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's a girl. And I was like, wow, I want really to do that. So then, I, so then um, I told my mom and dad. And they're like, okay. And then, so when I finally moved, when we moved here to Arizona, I was, when I went to Marcos, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna make it.
4: Awesome, awesome.
0: So, Kristen, the the movement from shifting from one place to another in terms of weather is it is it change a lot there in Arizona, uh, in terms of like temperature and and your workouts and stuff, because you're going from soccer, which is high, which high cardio, right? To probably a kicker. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's not as, as high, high cardio, but technically you're going from a high to a low, right? In in a lot of instances with your training.
5: Um, it actually is the same. So we want to keep the oh, okay. speed going, and we want to keep that leg strength and everything.
0: Okay. So your coaches uh, on both sides very supportive of both. Of both aspects of it in terms of giving you time for training and stuff like that for with any intangibles that might arise?
5: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah they super scary. Is there any
0: coach any coaches that you wanna let us know about that have probably helped you out in on both sides of this you know, either in soccer or in football?
5: Um coach uh coach Ben Patrick has actually helped me with a lot of stuff and then uh Max Zendaya also has helped me with soccer and kicking, but those are my two main coaches. Especially Coach Ben, he's been with there for me since day one, so he means a lot to me.
0: And Kristen, being on social media, you've, we've had other, you know, we had Carly Harmon on and everything else. Any any negativity that you had to deal with at the time when you got like all this press, as they call it, all this, you know, rec- being recognized. Did did anybody, you know, go? In a hater mode as they say?
5: Um yes. Yeah. I thought I would deal with quite a few.
0: Yeah. Was it was it basically toned down or was it something over the top?
5: Um, it was kind of over the top, but I didn't really I wasn't really looking at it or thinking about it because it 'cause it didn't really matter. I was just gonna keep doing what I what I do. Good for you.
0: And it, that's you. great. Great to hear. Thank you. Now, your parents did 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 they did this affect them as well when you were getting all this maybe negative thing going on as well? Was this something that you just they just did the same thing, told you to tune it out?
5: Oh, my mom would get very mad, but at the same time she would <laughs> she'd be like, you know, what? just ignore them, whatever. And stay with my dad, he would get mad, but he wouldn't show it. But my mom would tell me he would get mad. So, but we all just kind of toned it out.
0: Yeah, well, we're we're happy that your mom's not in jail right now, because I know every mom will go the extra mile (laughs) for their (laughs) kids. I guess we would. I know my mom would. would.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed.
3: (laughs) Well, you know what I think
6: is so interesting is that you have to even face foolishness via social media. I mean, because, I mean, technically you're still in high school, right? So why – I mean, are you dealing with and and you can, you know, if it's uncomfortable, but are you dealing with more foolishness from adults or are you getting this from your peers? And if it's adults, um, why do they think that they can feel comfortable to you know to not recognize that there's a boundary with you and your age?
5: Some have been adults, but most of it is uh, high school students, but not from not from my school.
6: Oh, Okay. Oh yeah,
5: well, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. Well, unfortunately, then my other high schools.
6: Kids, you're gonna. I mean, that that that's actually. I think. I don't know. That's actually. You know what? Is it easier to ignore the trolls when they're your peers as opposed to adults? Because I mean, on some level, that's your social strata.
5: Yeah, I will. I I mean, I can ignore both real easily. Cause especially when it's during football season, I don't want to think about any of that stuff. I just want to clear my mind and just get better. So, I I just I uh, ignore both of them equally.
0: Hey, Christian, is is your boyfriend going on a limb and beating up people on the street for you when it gets too chaotic there? Oh, he, uh, <laughs> he,
5: would, get, he yeah. would get mad. I'm but just, I'd be like, I'm just being crazy. real here. I'm just being real. No, I am yeah, no. I would tell him, no, don't do anything. It's fine. And then he's like, no, I'm going to do something. I'm like, no, you're not. Right. But he would get mad.
4: <laughs> see, see, Oscar, I'm just I, saying I, it, I tried it. to keep it PC. Uh, Oscar, I tried yeah. to keep right? it PC. I, I wanted to ask that question so bad. You know, because I'm, I'm kind of creative. I'm kind of creative with my punishment, so I'm just sitting there thinking, like, you know, Chris's boyfriend probably, you know, got on Twitter and you know said, hey, look, I'm going to fire you down five flights of stairs and split your head open, yeah. you know, stuff like that. But I didn't want to kind of go down that road. But I'm like, you
6: know, yeah. I <laughs> well, that's because that, you guys <laughs> are. But that's because you guys are men and you guys are married, and so you're thinking like husbands that are going to protect your wives. You know what I'm saying?
4: <laughs> Yeah, yeah but, yes, know, we are. And I'm also a parent, so I'm just right. like any. I, I, I and mean, then listen, my, my son, I remember one my my son was uh, he was a year old, and I'm at the playground with him, and a three year old pushed him down, and I'm in a three year old's face, and I'm a grown Ooh. man. i yes, you 300 are three hundred pounds, and I'm in this kid's face like you do not push my son down, and you know, oh I my god, so <laughs> I've done the same thing.
6: <laughs> Yeah, Papa Bear. Yeah, exactly. Papa Bear.
5: it the
6: same exact thing. See, and, you wow. know, and it's weird because as a mom, I'm a little, well, I'm not going to lie. As a mom, I'm a little more protective in that I haven't let my oldest, my oldest child will be 13 in two weeks. Can you believe it? Oh, oh man. She, yeah. Well, this one remembers when I, Tori actually remembers when I, was, when I was pregnant with my first child. So can you believe she'll be 13 in two weeks?
4: But,
6: I, um, cannot. I know. Right. <laughs> I was used to waddle around, <laughs> but, um, but the funny thing is that I haven't let her get a social media account and she's, you know, kicked and screamed. And I'm just like, yeah, no, I don't think you're not, I don't trust that you're mature enough to have appropriate conversations. And at the same time, I don't want to have the headache that your parents are experiencing of having to console and coddle and, oh, she said this and she said my hair. And I'm like, why set my whole household up for that, you know, because even as an adult, there are times when I have to, you know, take four or five deep breaths after someone has said something just snarky. And have to mm-hmm. say, yeah, we're not going to respond to that comment. And I literally yeah. would have to move on. And as an adult, I can only imagine how difficult it is for me. So as a parent, I, you're right. I don't know if I could have the reserve and calm that your parents have to stand by you. So, yeah, guys, you're right. I, I don't know if I could do it
0: either. Kirsten and your mom, she's collective, right? She doesn't have a gun or anything?
5: Oh, no, 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 no. No, no.
0: Very good. Very good. Because I know my <laughs> mom would not. But but you know what I'm saying. It's it's tough because it's your child. And, and you know uh, you know where your parents are coming from, too, because it's kind of emotional to have somebody mm-hmm. just backlash dumb stuff about your kid. And then at the same time, yeah. you're kind of like, okay, you know, I don't need that. We don't need that. And. But being level headed is, uh, we have to applaud you for that because not a lot of people would just kind of, I wouldn't say blow it off, but kind of just think about it and go, well, I'm not going to respond to that or I'm not going to deal with that. You know, uh, the word would be idiot in some instances, but.
6: Right. That's a good one. That's a good one. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah.
0: So, Kristen, are you on like all social media? Are you on all social media or is it just like certain Twitter? I know you're on Twitter most of the time, Uh, but are you like pretty uh, much on everyone?
5: I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I'm on Snapchat, but that's not really a. So- I wait. Oh, I don't know. I don't know all the social medias if there's more.
0: Yeah, I, I think Snapchat's uh, probably the coolest thing because it's kind of just an in a moment type of framing, which I, I think people have every platform at some point goes over the top with something. So, uh, I mean, I've had,
3: so nice I have friends
0: Snapchat. that have to, I have friends that have to take a, a, a selfie every 20 seconds just to showcase oh. their day. And I'm like, what are we doing here? People?
6: <laughs> right. I've always, I know. I, you know
0: what I mean? So you can get a little crazy with social media sometimes, you know, some certain people, but uh, I'm glad that you're yes. doing, uh, great. So what is, what do you expect this season from yourself at this point? I mean, is it? Is, is there something different that you that you need to expect from yourself? Just more improvement? or What's one of the key things that your goal is for this season?
5: Uh, Yeah, I want to uh, go farther in kicking and field goals. And then I want to – my goal – my main goal is to not miss any or get any blocks this season.
0: Now, you had a 67-yarder, right? So how was how that when, when it went over the uprights?
5: No, I had a 47-yarder. I've oh, That's 60, sixty-seven points. Yeah, forty-seven.
0: Nice. Forty-seven. That's what I meant. It's forty-seven. I I wrote it down wrong here. A uh, forty-seven yarder. So how okay. was that when you when you threw it out there?
5: Uh, it was at practice, and I I think I I don't know what happened. I think I was angry or something, and I just like I just let <laughs> it go, and then I and then I saw it go, and I was like, what? And then I was like, oh my gosh, you guys see that? And then they're like, oh.
4: <laughs>
5: awesome.
4: Man, that's a, that's. So that's we need to get. I think leg. we need to get angry in the game more.
5: <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. That's... I need to get. I need to get angry. I'm just. I'm never <laughs> angry in the game. I'm always smiling. And my coach is like, "Put your game face on," and I'm smiling. I'm like, "What do <laughs> <heck are> you <laughs> say?" <saying? laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's 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 a
4: heck of a leg there. Forty-seven yards is, is nothing to sneeze at, man. That's that's NFL yeah. yeah. left right there. And I I just remember, <laughs> you know, we had an open trial for kicker when I was playing football and. In high school, and you know, I would also mess around with it in college, and it just seemed like I, I don't know, I was either I, I'm aiming for the center and guard's butts or something, man, because I was just kicking line drives and it was bouncing right off their butts and the ball <laughs> flying in the air, and everybody's thinking I'm doing it on purpose. So, I mean, kudos to you. Forty-seven yards is, is mm-hmm. great.
5: Thank you. That's
6: huge. It really, really is. That's that. It really isn't anything to sneeze that at all. But I love what you said about your game face. So, okay, so I have to ask the question: as a female athlete surrounded by men, do you think that you see yourself differently? And and the reason why I ask this question is because sometimes listening to Oscar and Troy, and they're talking about their football experiences and the and the things and the coaches and what gets said to them and this that, and the other. And I'll be honest, you know, I played basketball and soccer. And let's just say our male coaches were not exactly easy on us either, you know, <laughs> no. and, and we didn't, you know, we, as female athletes, we, we would get in each other's faces and this, that, and the other, but I think it's interesting for your coach to have to tell you to put your game face on. So do you think that's, do you see some of your other male um, teammates also needing to get game face too, or is that something more as just your personality? You know what I'm saying? Do you think it um, could be a gender yeah, thing? Yeah. or?
5: No, uh, no, we're all, no, uh, the coach and I would just have the inside joke, and so every time that I didn't put it on, or I wasn't like, I don't know, if I wasn't smiling, then he would say it, then I'd start smiling again, but, uh, no, I'm, I'm I don't think I'm treated differently, or, uh, I don't see myself differently. I see myself as one of the other players. That, uh,
0: now, Kristen, the the team is it is it uh, changed now in terms of you know your fanfare? They get they're obviously getting noticed. You're trying to uh, go on interviews with other players as well. So, how was that received once everybody was kind of involved with it?
5: Um, it was like uh, what do you mean?
0: Well, I mean, like, you know how you said you included them in interviews and stuff? I'm pretty sure people notice yep. them as well, right? In certain interviews. Right. So, how was that received mm-hmm. by the team? Because obviously they're getting noticed too, not just yourself, but the high school's getting noticed and everything. How, how was that, you know, was that positive reception?
5: Oh, yeah. It was, yeah, it was totally positive. The guys uh, liked it. And I mean, I tried, I like to like share it. and I want to make sure that everybody gets noticed because everybody should get noticed because there's so many good guys on our team.
0: Now, if you're going to tell us a little bit about what's going on this coming season, um, what are we looking forward to? A lot more video tidbits? Uh, What kind of things have you thought about uh, putting out there? Because we have fans on our Twitter feed that really uh, enjoy that when you you put out a video out there. Everybody thinks it's, you know, girl kick ass mentality to you for that.
5: Thank you. Yeah, I'll definitely be putting out more videos.
0: Now, any little girls come up to you and uh, ask for autograph or just want to just tell you that you're awesome?
5: Oh, yeah. it's I think it's so cute. They'll come up during, like, after the game and they'll want, like, a picture. One girl asked me what my favorite color was or why my cleats were orange and stuff. But, yeah, they come up and they're like, that's so cool. Can we take a picture? And I think it's, like, so cute.
0: So anything else you want to tell the fans uh, that we should know about you that we haven't asked?
5: Um no, I think that's it. And I'm thankful that everyone's like supporting me that people out there are helping me and supporting.
0: Now, you were going to get with uh um uh Miss Anuda, but did you ever get with her at all?
5: Um no, I didn't. I have not. Oh. I want Okay, to, no but.
0: problem. Yeah, I, I think we'll, we'll probably down the road here because I know she's busy as well. Um, what did you mm-hmm. think of our shirt? Can you give us some feedback on the project and wh- what do you think of our project? And then obviously of some of the stuff that we've given you so far. Would anybody give you any comments? I mean, positive or negative doesn't matter to us because we just want real good feedback.
5: Oh, I like it. Uh, people do ask me like where I get it, and I was like, oh, they send me these shirts. I was like, oh, that's really, that's really cool. So, yeah, people like it. I like it. I think it's cool.
0: Now, I, we sent you one shirt, but I don't know if that was too bold, that one shirt that says, you know, you can just call me a football player. So I've, I've had oh, people no, say that. Wasn't, that no. So that one's really cool then, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't awesome. think
5: there's any such thing as too bold in a shirt.
0: Perfect. Um, so, Christian Thanks your mom and your dad. Uh, thank uh, all the players and all your teammates um, that have, you know, obviously gone on this journey. And I, I want to thank you personally to and Troy and and, and Kishi as well for supporting our project and being a focal focus uh, for awareness for uh, Women's Gridiron. So we really appreciate it.
5: Well, thank you for letting me be a part of it.
0: So can you let everybody know where they can find you uh kind of interact with you uh on uh social media some of the platforms that maybe you you prefer more where they can actually interact with you
5: uh yeah, you can follow me on twitter at kristen underscore m uh I love to talk to anybody
0: i know on you uh you said you are on snapchat as well yeah. All right. Is it the same same as on Snapchat
5: or? Um, It's Kristen M or Kristen underscore M nine,
0: nine. Okay. okay so you nine guys nine have nine. to
5: tell the
6: old lady a little bit. What is the thing with Snapchat? I know Kristen's got to go, but what is it about Snapchat
5: that you all like so much?
4: Um, go ahead, Kristen.
5: I, I don't know. I think, it's, I don't know. It's kind of like in the moment. I don't know. It's kind of just a fun little op. So you, it's like, sort of like, sort of like, I, PC,
0: not... sort of like Instagram, but more, more like video related.
5: Okay. How long do they last? Like, when, how long can you watch it before it goes away? Uh, maximum is 10 seconds. Unless you guys are messaging each other, then you can say the messages. But if you don't say the messages, then they go away.
6: Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs>
5: Yeah, my I said, that it's kind of like
6: kicked in. I, I would have been like, what did
5: you just say? What did you send me? Send it again. <laughs> <laughs> they do it all the time.
0: Awesome. So, Kristen, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it for making the time I, uh, this afternoon. I know we were uh, interacting in direct message back and forth because of the time frame. So it, it always gets crazy with us because somebody's on the East Coast, somebody's on the mountain time. And so but uh, thank you for that. And thanks uh, to your parents. Uh, and everybody that supports you. Uh, we're going to be right there with you, so I uh, appreciate you uh, being part of the project.
5: Well, thank you for having me. This, I think it's really awesome.
0: Good luck. Have a great uh, evening.
5: Thank you. You too.
0: All right. We'll touch base once again. Um, have a great evening, and safe travels out there, okay?
5: Thank you. You too.
0: Bye-bye. Bye.
5: Good night. Good night.
0: All right. So, you guys, that was Christian Moore and a very talented young lady and very level-headed, as you can tell. And I'm glad her mom didn't go the extra extreme to take care of her baby stuff, uh, especially with all the haters. But uh, it happens. You know, it does happen. Some people go overboard. Um, we are going to be our talking with our – I know. I'm you You scaring up that uh, three-year-old. Why are you you're encouraging scared him? I was like, Why? whoa, what is Why up with Troy? You,
6: you're talking I mean, about I... a man who walked into the bar with a big old Bane mask on his face. It looks like a tarantula wow. is covering his mouth. Absolutely. You have got to see the Bane thing literally covers his mouth like a big old metal tarantula. It, yeah, he's he scared the three-year-old. I know he did it.
4: Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, hey, listen, I, there is no I, there is no I age limit to for three my hills. cubs. <laughs>
5: there,
4: there is no there are no age limits wow. to protecting my cubs. There's no
6: age
4: limits to protect my cubs. That's it. No, that, <laughs> yes.
6: You know, uh, my father-in-law. Father only
0: had one daughter. My father only Uh-oh. had one daughter, and and uh, he said, if you mistreat if you mistreat my daughter, these these hands can crush things. And I was thinking, there you go, maybe you know a beer can or something, but I know it was a throat, so I kind of figured that out right after that. <laughs> well,
6: it is a, All I'm going real, to say is got real,
0: real, quick. Got real, real quick. Look,
6: look, Troy knows. All I'm going to say is that it is a good thing that my father is a peaceful man. <laughs>
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and not to mention uh, there there are things worse than throats to cry. I'm just saying. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. See.
6: So we're
0: gonna
4: have we're gonna have Holly
0: next uh, in the huddle. That's our third huddle for today. And um, so we, before we get out of hand here, we'll just go back to being a little formal. <laughs> uh, I know, sorry, have, Holly. Uh, Holly <laughs> And Holly actually filled in for the two of you on the week that you guys were gone, so she did a Yay, wonderful job. Yay, so, uh,
1: Let's
0: bring her in. Uh, Holly <laughs> Custer from Seattle Majestics. And uh, so, Holly, Hi. how's it going today?
6: Hey, Holly. Uh, How are you? Pretty good. How are you doing? Okay, so I'm not going to lie. It has been a uh-huh. very long day because we're in the middle of school testing. So oh. we have, yeah... So little people are up <laughs> extra early. So right now, I'm on my my schedule is extended. So if I'm a little silly right now, it's that end of the day I'm winding down. <laughs> that,
1: that's that's okay. I can totally relate to that. I understand. What's going on, L.B.? Holly,
0: um, Holly, uh, this is you've been listening the last couple minutes here. Uh, we're not we're not that formal. It's kind of like a bar scene now, but uh, we're not drinking. <laughs> yet.
6: I know, right? <laughs> I like to get up
0: hours.
6: No, because remember, one of us has to get up early for part because we have we have testing, so I have to make sure that everybody's out the house. with what is, what is the list that they send you with? Make sure that everybody's up early, well-rested, and that they're fed before they come to school because, you know, my kids normally eat lunch, eat breakfast at school, you know, as so I've paid for it. But they're like, no, 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 everybody's got to be fed at home and up and – So mommy doesn't get to have anything
3: tonight.
0: (laughs) So, Holly, uh, Seattle, uh, Everett, pretty nice broadcast on YouTube. I think everybody was shocked at how well of a broadcast that was. And the replay is even better. And then just recently, uh, what, a couple hours ago, we did a, you know, the highlight reel came out. So it's a pretty cool highlight reel. So tell us a little bit about being a part of that.
1: Well, I mean, obviously, um, coming off my injury, I would have rather have been on the field. But, uh, uh, I mean, other than that, it was it was a really good showing for our first game. Um, so our team, you know, we had kind of a rough week. Um, a couple of weeks ago, when I went down, our uh, starting quarterback went down, our starting center went down, all within a week of each other. And all three of us are captains, so that was, you know, a lot to deal with for a team. But I'm very proud of how everybody, you know, stepped up and we kind of moved people around a little bit, and uh, there were some really, you know, awesome things that, that happened during that game that I was very proud of. I mean, obviously, in the first game, there's always stuff that you can work on and that you can take away to try to get better. Um, but on the other hand, it was really nice to watch on the, some of my friends and uh, uh, teammates develop as players and, and make plays. And um, I'm not sure. Like I think this Saturday I'm going to take a pedometer with me or a Fitbit or something because I might have been on crutches, but I think I probably had crutched around like three or four miles because I was up and down the sideline trying to find my teammates to encourage them and going in and out of the locker room. By the end of the day, my arms were about dead.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you, Um How um, uh, was it? How, so, you know, with you being injured, I know it's frustrating, because I know you want to be out on the field, you know, being the mm-hmm. LB, roaming, you know, going sideline to sideline and, and knocking people down there. But how, how has your leadership How have you had to refocus your leadership, rather, with your injury, you know, being what it is now?
1: Well, I mean, so uh, my injury happened now about a month ago, and I had surgery three and a half weeks ago now. And so for the first couple weeks, I couldn't really go to practice because I just wasn't mobile enough. Um, But now, you know, I've gradually started to go to more and more events. And what I've tried to do is just be – there for people to talk to and so um uh you know uh in my uh spot at mike linebacker we moved one of our defense alignment back uh kayla crocious and she's done a really wonderful job uh she spent years on the line though so it's a different perspective at linebacker so um so i've been you know just you know kind of in her ear talking with her trying to tell her you know look at this and and here's how you direct and And answering any questions that she has just to be a support system for her because she's fully capable of doing it. It's just a whole other position, and it's kind of a crash course, you know, learning curve of being in a different spot. And we've also had other linebackers who've really stepped up. Um, I know I heard you guys had uh, Rebecca on the line uh, last week, um, and she was talking about one of our rookies, April. Um, and she's really stepped up, and it was cool because during the <laughs> during the first couple of weeks that she's at practice, I you know I usually have a fairly good um, gut feeling about players and what they're going to be like, and I thought this this girl is going to be a linebacker, and then when I saw her in the game, I was totally justified because she's in love with being like a linebacker. You could see in her eyes that that. That sight that it's kind of like a shark being in water with like a you know scenting blood basically
5: like she had
1: that in her eyes and then she made a couple plays early and was very very excited kind of similar to what I get like and I was like yeah like this is it she she has found her home
0: (laughs) hey Holly um, (laughs) Holly, do you want to you want to give it the legal term uh, assault. She just basically figured out you got a it's, free it ride to
1: assault. assault. <laughs> it's, it's legal assault. I, I guess that's basically what it is. Uh, but, you know, when I was in the game, I just tried to be there for people. So as people were coming off the sideline, like I'd crutch over to them and, you know, tell them, you know, what I saw. And if I could help them, I'd try to tell them little tips. And if they did great, I'd be there to, like, be next to them with a the crutch and, put two hands on the other crutch and give them a a slap on the shoulder pads and tell them good job. And I just try to be encouraging because it's weird when you play a game, you have that nervous energy going into the game, and then that goes away when you start playing. I still had the nervous energy even though I wasn't playing, and I had nowhere to put it, so I just put it into all my teammates.
4: (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. That's great. That's great. (laughs)
1: There's, you know, yeah, it's, so, I mean, uh, I obviously would rather be on the field, but if I can't, I'm I'm still happy to be there for my team because, you know, in football your team is basically your second family. So um, that's kind of what I've been doing is trying to funnel that back into them.
4: Troy, you got any more? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 just just listening to it, I know, I know, like I said, you're chopping at the bit. But you know, watching your, you know, your fellow teammates to get that taste, you know, it's like it, it is an addiction. I mean, you line, you line up at linebacker, and you get that first hit, in and you just want more and more and more. So, yeah, I, I, we we all know that feeling right there. So, I definitely applaud that. You know, with your leadership there. So, so how yeah, long? Are you, are you, how how, how long was are that? you scheduled to be out?
1: Um, well, we're looking at the original diagnosis was a lot worse because before I got the MRI, the, the orthopedic doctor was saying two surgeries, a year and a half, and even then you'll be 80%. Then after the MRI, he said, okay, well, PCL doesn't actually look as bad as we originally thought, so we're going to do this in one one take. And the surgery actually went very well to the point where they reconstructed the LCL, um, the PCL, the big chunk of it was actually fine, and there's a smaller chunk that was partially torn, so they sewed it back together with a graft. Uh, and then they then I have two screws, one on the left side and one on the right, where I had fractures. So, all that being said, um, for how scary it was, it's going to be you know 10, 11 months is a is time period. So my my goal is kind of in the February range. And um, he said, I should be back actually stronger than before. So even though it was not fun, I'm still hanging on to the fact of, like, okay, well, hey, it's been, you know, this is my 10th year, so maybe this will be a chance for me to reset myself. Not taking the normal wear and tear I do during a season uh, might actually be helpful in the long run. So that's kind of my viewpoint. <laughs>
4: So you're looking at aggressive rehab right now. So um, yeah, when do you start? When do you start PT?
1: Well, right now, um, because of oh, they also when they went in to do surgery, when they reattached the PCL, um, that required some attachment to the, the hamstring as well, and so because of that, um, I'm still I'm going to be in crutches probably another month or so, right. um, and so for the first month um i have a it's called i think a telescope hinge brace and um and it basically locks your knee into or your leg into a certain degree so right now i'm locked in at 30 degrees um and then two to three times a day i can move it to 90 um and kind of manually work on bending my knee a little bit and then Mm -hmm. my next appointment is in a couple weeks and then we'll work on extension and then after that Um, then I should be ready for PD. So probably, um, I'd say, now that it's been a month in, probably another month, month and a half before I start really doing anything much. Um, But I can tell there's a difference. Like I feel more stable. um, I'm able to drive again. I can, um, you know, I'm working. um, I can put the crutches down and, like, uh, be stable and not have to worry about falling over or anything Uh, I can feel that the range of motion is slowly coming back. Like each little thing that happens is like a small victory. Um, (laughs) And it's weird because you know the process is long, but still anything that happens good, you're like, yeah, this is exciting. I can move a little bit more.
4: Right.
1: (laughs) Um, Absolutely. But in in a way it's kind of like I had an MCL injury four years ago, uh, but MCLs normally heal on their own. So that injury was actually, I think, tough for me because it, there was so much gray in when I could come back. And this I know I can't for the season, so I'm just kind of focused on the rehab part. Um, but it's definitely getting better. I can tell that it is. Um, and so in order to combat things, I have invested in a whole bunch of supplements. And I got a Cairo cuff. Which is have you guys seen those before? They're basically like coolers, and you have an attachment um, that you put around your knee, and so you can no. ice your knee consistently.
6: Oh, that is crazy!
3: Yeah, yeah It's
1: I actually know. really it, it's it's a very simple item, but it, it it's pretty awesome. So basically, you have a cooler that you put full of water and ice, and it has okay. a hose attached to it, and the and the hose is attached to a sleeve that goes around your knee. And so, in order to fill the cuff full of water, you lift up the cooler above it and you open up this uh, air vent so that the water flows into the cuff and it fills it up full of cold water. So it's busy you icing have to your be knee. You
6: seated to do this, right, Holly? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So i oh, okay. like, I
1: have it on right now, actually. I'm laying down. And oh, but God, then when it gets okay. cold, or when the uh, water starts to get warm, then you drop it. You drop the cooler below the the cuff, so it rolls back into the cooler, becomes cold again, and then you can recycle
6: the water, basically. Oh, that um, sounds well, very and, odd. I'd have to see it. It sounds interesting.
1: Yeah, um, I'm you know, I one of the things like I'm trying to me? do. Is my uh-huh. combination of injuries? I tried looking stuff up online. There's nothing out there. They, my injury has to be pretty rare because I can find books of information on uh, ACLs and MCLs and meniscus right. tears and like people completely blowing every ligament, but there's nothing on my injury. So I'm like, I
6: so I decided so, in my blog that I have directly in the back of your knee.
1: So basically, the LCL is a ligament on the outside of your knee. I, okay. So I completely tore that so hard that I oh. took bone with it, and Jesus. then, um, and then uh, so I don't know. Uh, I know you guys were gone before, so basically my I was running a flood route and practice against the air, okay. and so I was running straight, and I was trying to plant off my left foot to go oh. right, so I could look inside for the ball. And when oh. I when I planted, I'm looking. I'm not looking where I'm planting. I'm looking to the right because mm. I'm trying to turn to the right. And my stride, I don't know if I slipped or if I just had a, an overstride, but my leg was um, extended and then got stuck mm-hmm. in the turf so mm-hmm. that my, my leg hyperextended to the point where, you know how your your knee normally bends down? My right. shin was starting to bend up towards my leg, the other direction.
6: Okay, and then, Jesus. <laughs> and, and so I,
1: I felt it. It felt like lightning, so I was trying to get off of it. And my teammate behind me said I, I did some sort of ninja roll,
3: <laughs>
1: so and she thought that's not part of the route, <laughs> and so I tried to get off my leg and then when I did that, um, the so the first initial thing tore the LCL and took bone with it, and then the knee shifted the other direction, and and the PCL is one of the two. It's basically the partner with the um, ACL on the back of your knee. And so the top part of it is attached to my hamstring partially tore, too, and also um, left a a divot in my femur. I don't know how I did that. That,
0: that, I don't know how how I did that. And this is all self-inflicted, by the way. Yeah, there was no
6: contact. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I can't say anything because I did that with both of my hamstrings. Like, you should have seen me in college. we were doing something and we were doing it. We were, I don't know. We were doing something on the track and, you know, cause I was a cheerleader. So I was doing my toe touches, beautiful, beautiful toe touches, but somebody, as I was landing, um, we were doing toe touches to split. And one of the girls, she either took off too soon or something. So I cheated my landing. And when I landed, I pulled my hamstring and I, Ouch. and, yeah, so the first season I pulled my right, pulled my. Uh, some, we were doing something else, and I pulled my left hamstring. So to this day, I still can't do my left split. So when you were talking about hamstrings, all of a sudden both my legs just <laughs> <laughs> start cramping up. <laughs> yes, and they did, and it just was it was awful. And I because I mean I literally can still you know mentally you know in my head i can still feel how it felt because you know you're stuck on the ground and you're in a split on a track and you don't have the luxury of staying down because you don't want some big hulking troy oscar (laughs) football player to come running over on you you know and so you're trying to get up and then you've got to get through the rest of the game because you can't play you know there's no crying and cheerleading either so i'm you but the rest of it girl yeah, it, it's
1: it's um pretty crazy. My orthopedic doctor, when I first went in, luckily, um, at the clinic that I uh, went to, uh, apparently by chance, I found the the best um, uh, trauma knee surgeon that they have at that hospital. And he was looking at it, and I could see his eyes light up, and he's like, you know, all was I do all excited? year are ACLs and meniscus tears, and I only get like four or five of these a year. And so he was excited because apparently it's, like, his Super Bowl. And I was like, well, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> and, uh, but not that I awful, mean, it's,
3: though?
1: It, it is, but, like, at the same time, I read, like, when I went to my last appointment, they printed me off the surgery notes, and it is a book. This man is meticulous. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad he's on my side because, he does not leave any stone unturned.
0: <laughs> well Good apparently he went you. to school, he's still gotta pay He's got to pay that loan still, so he's gotta be thorough.
6: Exactly. That's, yeah, he's gotta I'm be just,
0: thorough. I'm just, well I'm the ironic just
6: part is I'm a
1: huge Oregon duck, right? Um, huge Oregon oh, duck because wow. that's where I went to school. And he is a husky. He's a Washington Husky, so I owe my <laughs> knee to a Husky and I I, I don't know what to I'll-
6: do with that. <laughs> yeah, that's almost as bad as somebody. Well, oh. no, I'm not gonna tell that. I'm not even gonna tell that lie, and I refuse to get shut down on social media if I even make this comparison. But I was going to say it could be as bad. I'm gonna say, see how I, I tethered that could be. Is bad as somebody from Ohio State having to get operated on by somebody from Michigan.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's
6: about, is it's, just
1: not, it's right about there. <laughs> yeah. But for me, I don't care wh- where you went to school. If you can get me back on the field, right. uh, I'll I'll be a fan of you, not your team, right. but you. Right. All leads to the side at
4: that point.
6: But uh, <laughs> this does, however, present a unique opportunity. I mean, especially though you're a captain. How much does this now really elevate you in terms of how much you are able to watch and and really analyze the play of your teammates, you know, from an objective point of view so that you can really give them good feedback and insight um, in terms of a new leadership role with the team?
1: I think I definitely noticed it on Saturday because, you know, being a – captain previously in my career i mean i've been able to like give people pointers as i go but you're right it's hard when you're you're actually playing too because you can only see so much like you you're only seeing your viewpoint is who are the people in front of you in the drill or or in the play or because you can't see what's going on other than that because you're playing and so now, from the sideline, I can see more. So that that's one of the reasons why I was crutching all all over the place. Like, I I wanted to give people more feedback, and I and I knew in our in our especially on defense, our defense runs through that spot. That's who calls the defensive plays. Like that's that's the quarterback of our defense. And so it's difficult because you have a whole bunch of people in positions um, that they're not used to. And and communication on defense is everything. So I've been trying to work with people on on making sure they're on the same page. Um, And then now that I'm more mobile, um, I'm going to be, you know, going to practice more and more so I can see that and help them with their game plan as far as, you know, obviously the coaches are, are the coaches. But during the course of practice, you only have so much time to get, you know, information to people and so sometimes it's nice to have a third party that somebody can be like, oh, well, coach said this, what, what is he talking about? And then I can be like, okay, well, what are you saying is this, or look for this. And then that could be kind of a, a liaison uh, or an option that they can go to in a quick pinch if they don't have the time for the, uh, to go find the coaches or, or, or the coaches are doing something else. And so right. um, for me, like I know uh, – that it's an opportunity as well for me to learn because um, I'm very analytical. I'm kind of a football nerd. So I watch film all the time, and now it's an opportunity for me to learn even more, but just from from a different perspective, as you said, because I'm used to playing uh, and or watching film.
0: (laughs) So, Holly, because you are more intense now, are you going to turn into the Hulk rage and just go off on people (laughs) because they're not doing their routes right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm not, like, a. I was never an angry, like, like if I'm no, angry, I'm you kidding. really messed up, because I'm, that's just not my personality <laughs> type, like, um, I might, uh I I might have some, what's the word, uh, bass to my voice, Aggression. but it's not, like, a, I'm never a yeller, like, what the hell are you doing person, I'm like, okay, you got this. You know, here's what you should look for. Type person. I'm am kind of a const- a constructive yeller, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah.
5: Sorry,
1: so, uh, you're a nice one Captain here. America. Civil nice War is coming
0: be. up. <laughs> Civil War is <laughs> coming up. What do you think of the uh, What do you think of the film?
3: Oh. Um, I've not had
1: a chance to see it. Um, it, you said it's coming out soon, so, isn't it?
0: Yeah, the trailer. Have you seen the trailers?
1: Yes, I've seen the trailer. Um, I'm not sure when it comes out because I've been kind of, I've been kind of, out of the loop a little bit. I've been in the hospital, and so I'm just now coming out to where I feel like more like myself and more in back in my normal life. So I've been off. I've been out of the loop, uh, but I have seen the trailer. I'm excited about it. One of my good friends from um, Everett actually is going to come down, and we're going to go see it. Uh, I just can't remember when it comes out.
0: It should be soon. Uh, this is coming in the next couple of weeks. I saw Superman, Batman, yeah. which was really nice. Is that uh, good? If you're a comic fan, if you're a comic fan, it was really good. If you're not a comic fan, you probably thought it was a, probably worse, bad film or whatever. But because they bl- they blended so many storylines into the into the film from different aspects of different books, that you kind of have to kind of just oh you realize that, that that happened in this book or that book, uh, especially if you right. you know if you. If you know that you know the, the history and stuff, um, but Civil War seems kind of—I don't know—for a film, I, I, I guess it's—I don't know. Anybody can chime in on this if you guys want, but I, I'm not a big Marvel fan, but I, I do think you know, you know, there's some characters that obviously want, like Spider-Man and stuff like that. But
4: well, I, I'm happy because there's so many different tie-ins to this movie. I mean, number one, you're going to have the tie-in to third Avengers uh, movie. And then also, um, you know, you, you, you throw Spider-Man in there. Um, so it's going to be the third Spider-Man movie. And then also kind of a loose affiliation. You got Luke Cage. Uh, that's going to be in it. And um, that's the guy that you, I don't know if any of you guys have been watching. Uh, Daredevil, not Daredevil, but um, Jessica Jones on Netflix. Um and that, that also kind of ties loosely into Daredevil, because both of those are in uh, Hell's Kitchen in New York. Yes, I'm a comic book nerd. I don't apologize for it. <laughs> and by the way, Civil War is coming out. I think out we're all here, nerd. I have, I have, I have that on my calendar. As marked off is coming out. Basic Civil War be there. So, yeah, I, I'm just looking forward to all the the the, the affiliations of how Marvel. It's kind of tying everything into it, sort of how you know Batman and Superman kind of wanted to tie into the Justice League, and also the Suicide Squad coming out. Soon.
0: The floor is yours, Holly.
6: Um. Well,
1: I. I mean,
0: I'm <laughs> no excited pressure. to
1: to see. What did you say?
0: <laughs> I said no pressure. Are
1: we still talking about Captain America or are we just is it open open?
0: No, we're talking Captain America.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I okay, so when I was growing up, um, I actually was not as much in the comic books. My thing was basketball cards. I drove my mother crazy because I had binders and binders and basketball cards. And whenever I had allowance i'd go on my little bike and get you know more cards or whatever i enjoyed comic books but one of my best friends that i grew up with he was way more into comic books but when i um was a kid i really like batman i think my favorite two are batman and captain america uh the thing about some of these movies though that's kind of hard is i love the concepts and i love the characters but not all of these movies are created equal as far as the plot lines and the acting. So sometimes you go Amen. and you're like, Yeah, the special effects and oh my gosh, this is so cool and but then you're like, God, the acting is so bad. Like Amen. I can't really find somebody who can act and be cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, not gonna happen. <laughs> not gonna happen.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you get one good you get one good character out of what? Out of five? you probably get two out of five and the rest of them were kind of like, ah, right. oh, very cheesy. Um, so, um, yeah, Ollie, well, looking forward to the weekend, April ninth, And we got uh, Tacoma in uh, Tacoma against Seattle and it's going to be broadcast again. So the yeah. fans are going to be able to dive into the matchup again. So, um, what do you think Tacoma tough battle here or what are we looking at?
1: Well, I mean, um, last year, Tacoma really kind to the kind of, uh, broke out last year and uh uh I think it's going to be uh, a different sort of test for us wherever it is uh more athletically built Tacoma has a bit more size so it will be a uh good test for us up front um I know that they just beat uh the t- uh the new team from uh Southern Oregon last weekend Um, And um, so I'm I'm curious to see what that team looks like as well. So uh, as soon as we see some film from it, I'll be able to kind of analyze it. But it should be a tough matchup because we have so many connections between the two teams. I mean, we've had um, players from Seattle go over there, players from Tacoma come to us. Uh, You know, some of their coaches used to play with us or play against us, and they know us very well. So there there's a lot of connection there and it and so um it, we are pretty much natural rivals. Um so it should be fun.
0: Awesome. So we're we're running out of time. So at this point, um if you're welcome to chime in like I said before, any time. So maybe looking forward to next week when we talk about uh the result of this game and maybe kinda get some uh insights uh from coach uh Custis on what she <laughs> sees on the field. That'll be very
3: interesting.
0: <laughs> um, can, I, so can I be Coach point, Crutch? <laughs> why not? Why not? Let's do that, Coast Crutch. Right? Why
3: okay. not? I like
0: Let's it. do that. I like it. I like it. Now, uh, if we get to see you on the broadcast, uh, it's going to be. It's gonna be that little that little dot that's moving left to right, right? A little that that that's all the way across left to right. Um
1: I had a, a couple <laughs> friends that were in the stands and they 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 were like, Holly, you need to come down
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but um <laughs> I apologize to the audience because we couldn't get the re- uh, the woman's recap done, but unfortunately, uh you can still do everything on Facebook. So you go to facebook.com dot slash gridironbeauties. And you can go to the Twitter feed to get the latest uh, updates on the scores. You can go to wfafootball.com, iwflsports.com, and get the week one results there as well. And shout out to the uh, Gridiron Victoria girls out there. You can also go to gridironvictoria.com, and you go to Gridiron Victoria on Facebook and at Gridiron Vic on Twitter. So, Holly, thank you for the time. Uh, We're running out of time, unfortunately, uh, but – we're always always welcome to come in and, and next week, if that's the case, we'll recap Tacoma and uh, Seattle and see where we stand there with the Majestics g- trying to go to two and zero on the season. And I'm looking forward to the broadcast. So really looking forward to that broadcast. And I think uh, once the link is up there on Seattle Majestic and obviously on our Facebook pages, uh, to everybody take advantage of it. And it's going to be a good matchup. So, um, so we will let you go. And we look forward to next week when you recap the Tacoma-Seattle game, if you got some time. Sounds
1: great. Thank you for having me. Thanks,
0: hey, well, Holly. Awesome. You with with you, Holly. Thanks,
1: Holly. You're uh, welcome. Be, Have be, a good night. Good luck with your testing. <laughs>
4: thank you. <laughs> I'll be keeping you, <laughs> All right, guys. I'll, I'll be checking in on you, Holly.
0: So we got uh, Holly coming in next week, hopefully, week to week, since she's obviously hanging out and lounging. No, not really. She's actually rehabbing really strong. Um, <laughs> but uh, ca- uh, what did we say she was going to be? Captain Crutch. So Captain Coach Crunch. Crutch will be back Coach hopefully Crunch. next week on Tuesday. So uh, that that will be a nice uh, segment to have. Coach Crutch, give us insight. Um, so you guys, anything else? Because I know we ran out of time. And uh, in kishi has got to go study and feed herself. So she can get all the. No, kids, I don't have to study. I to have to
6: sleep so I can get the kids up. Oh, they I'm sorry, it's the other testing. way around.
0: They got to study yes. and feed themselves.
6: They right. <laughs> they right. They have to study and feed themselves. Right. So I'm going to make sure that I can get to sleep so I can get them up in time <laughs> so I can get them fed and out the door.
4: <laughs> and Troy, so uh, anti-bullying for you, okay? Absolutely, man. But you know, I, I got I got some stuff that's going to keep me busy. Um, number one, I'm going to keep my eye up on this draft, NFL draft process. Uh, take a look at some college recruiting and also try to catch up on some of these uh, ladies games that we, that I missed over the weekend. So I'm going to go ahead to YouTube and it's going to be a football day pretty much every day this week and also get prepared for what we have this weekend. Um, You know, with Dallas coming into town to to take on the DC Beavers, So getting all prepared for all of that. I'm looking
0: forward to the broadcast, looking forward to it. So I hope you guys have a great time. I wish I could be there but for a great time. I hope you guys have a great time. All right. So, you guys, uh, thanks for joining us today. We had Kristen Moore. We had Neil Z- uh, Rosenthal and, obviously, uh, uh, Coach Crutch, Holly Custis as well. So, uh, looking forward to next Tuesday when we figure out what happened in D.C. And we'll see if the Elite, Kishi Squad, or Troy's Divas come out on top. So, we'll see what the result will be next Tuesday, and we'll find out. So uh, for Oscar Lopez, Troy Wilson, and Kishi Free right here on Block Talk Radio and UltimateSportsTalk.com, we will see you here next week. Have a great night, everybody.
4: Bye. See you, guys. See you,
3: guys.